Hey guys, well guess what? It is Friday and guess what happens on Fridays? We have our Friday night super special. And wait until you find out what's coming up on Terry Messenger's Genius Zone. Do you like frapping? I'm hearing a beat with that, uh, but really we need to be serious. Do you know what fapping is? And do you pronounce it with a FR or an FA for frapping, fapping? Well, guys, in case you didn't know, or maybe you do know, especially if you are the younger generation, not a dinosaur like me, no offense, Terry Messenger, but we have a super special edition coming up for you tonight. This beautiful woman, she is a psychologist, she is young, she also has a complete training and background in no fapping. Go figure. Now, what you're about to find out is, is porn right or wrong? Is masturbation a natural part of our humanity or is it costing us our neuro pathways to destruction in our relationships, in our own temple of what we deserve to feel? Well, in case you didn't know, guys, you know, when I'm interviewing these people, I will bring my own zone of genius and my own thoughts to the show, which you're definitely going to hear some of my own thoughts about this no fapping business. But let me promise you that the woman that is coming on, she is going to be really transparent. She has also gone through this experience, even with a Muslim upbringing, which women are quite modest. And, you know, she is in the full attire on this interview. And she very transparently talks about how she got kind of reeled into the addiction of fapping, pornography, masturbation, and all the things. So, you know, we're not just going to really go in to the nitty gritties of this topic and talk about the actual uh, addiction of masturbating, pornography and all the things, but we're also going to unpack how all addictions really are configured the same way in the human mind. And the element of this woman, Jasmine, is that not only does she have the psychology degree to bring forth her logical and practical and very powerfully resourceful tools, but she's got the intuitive spiritual system that's going to help you to come to know a lot more about yourself. Now, come on, guys. We all know we have been there. Even the ladies, we know that you know, we may think of it as a very natural and normal part of life. And maybe it is. Or maybe it does have 
some effects that you need to find out about. But maybe you also know of someone who really is affected, male or female, by this, where they've gone into this loop. It's affected their marriage. It's affected their, you know, it's got to the point where it's actually impacted their life then you really need to share this. The biggest favor you can do is to share this with someone you know that may be going through it. Even if it is a brother, a sister, maybe a husband, a wife, a, a friend, because holding a dark secret like this where suddenly it's taken control over your life there is a way out. There is a way out always in Terry Messenger's Genius Zone. So I trust that you are going to subscribe and invite your friends and let's get to it. Friday night session going really deep with the beautiful, the psychologist, the trainer, the elegant, eloquent young woman that is going to talk very candidly on the topic of NoFap and I will see you on the other side. Get your favourite bevy, sit back, relax and let's have some fun. Remember, subscribe, Terry Messages. So much. Well, I am so excited to be here with you, Jasmine. Thank you so much for actually bringing what you're about to talk about onto this show. Uh, it is my pleasure to meet you as well and to share my knowledge too. Oh, that's fantastic. So we're going to go really, really deep into a topic that not many people talk about. In fact, I hadn't even heard of the name before actually meeting with you. Of course, I know all about the uh, addiction behind it, but I feel that this is going to be a really, really great resource for people who are stuck in an addiction cycle, especially a secretive one. That means it's a secret addiction you don't tell anyone else about and you find yourself going deeper and deeper into trouble. And this addiction we are talking about is called NoFap. So now tell me, Jasmine, where on earth did the name NoFap come from? So the NoFap is a movement that is used to be known for males who are dominant to use their private part for masturbation, uh, and if they're viewing pornography. But there are some coaches, uh, they don't exactly follow all the principles of the no-flat movement, but they would use calling themselves, I am a no-flat recovery coach, as in I can help a person who's suffering in porn, sex, or masturbation, who has this type of addiction. Because many people, when you hear the word no-flat, they know it has to do with this taboo subject. Okay, okay. And I guess really um, when you look at NoFap, 
meaning like masturbation. The question that I would have, and I'm not a sexual therapist or, you know, I don't, I mean, I have dealt with sexual addiction, but it's not actually my niche. Um, and I know our sexuality is tied in to just about like everything, our money codes, our relationship codes, um, you know, and, and money and, and, and love. I mean, they are two elements that really help make the world go round, right? So my question to you is, is masturbation really a bad thing? To some people, masturbation is okay. Uh, some people have their own evidence that there's nothing wrong on doing masturbation. But there's another group that says it's bad because it's harmful and it actually chemically changes your neurons in your brain. So some people who wants to uh, remove or overcome their no-flop addiction, they will fall into this category and do their utmost best to find type of resources on how to change their mindset to overcome this particular taboo addiction they are suffering from in silence. Okay, that's very interesting. You talk about the neurons in the brain and the fact that it's it's not a good thing. Well, I mean, I, I actually said to someone a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was referring to another situation where, you know, you want to have, you know, junk food, right? And I said, eating junk food is a little bit like porn, you know, and Kentucky Fried Chicken. It seems like a great and exciting idea as you're leading up to it, but then afterwards you feel terrible and you feel guilty. So, you know, I, I, I guess my question on this is when you say that masturbation creates these neurons in the brain, is it from the, is it actually, I mean, I'm trying to work out how that can happen. So, I mean, I'm not a man, but if a man is masturbating and he's ejaculating, he's doing something that is to his natural, normal humanity. How can that create uh, wrong neurons? Um, the way how the brain function is basically if a person is suffering any type of addiction, it doesn't have to be involved with the no-flap addiction. If you're doing something constantly, repeatedly every single time, and is causing some negative things, events happening in your life, or you're physically dependent on it, that you cannot let it go, because if you let it go, you're not able to do day-to-day -day, uh, tasks properly, then that can be an issue and you probably have an addiction. Just like if somebody is addicted to alcohol, a person who actually drinks alcohol once in a while or once in the blue moon, they will not automatically be considered alcohol or have like alcohol disorder because they're not consuming it every single time. So there's not a huge effect that's going to chemically change their brain. But if you're constantly doing something repetitively all the time, then it will uh, change your new uh, new uh, your path your new uh, neutral pathways in your brain, mm -hmm. and it may take some time, maybe between five to seven years, for the brain to slowly function differently than originally in the beginning. Once you're addicted to something, your brain kind of changes, 
and the way uh, the brain changes, it doesn't mean like you will no longer be able to do day-to-day tasks, but you have to live your life differently. You have to avoid the triggers that is going to let you fall into your relapse. So your life has to kind of change. Uh, but if you understand um, the, uh, the problems that led to your addiction, and you know the tools, self-healing techniques, how to make your life better, transform, you will forget what happened in the past and you just focus on living a long-term society. Wow. You know, what uh, really dropped in then when you were speaking about this, and it makes so much sense to me now, is the fact that it's not about the masturbation exactly, but it's more about the fact that if the masturbation's got power over you, that's what I'm that's what I'm really hearing. And I guess that was really uh, you know highlighted by highlighting that it's the same with alcohol because anything that takes power over us has power over us. Even the love of wanting something so badly, like if we, for example, are really desiring wealth, for example, or success in our business, but it is so much of a uh, focus in our brain that it's literally taking power over us, we're, we're not opening ourselves up for that ability to to actually call in so many things. And to me, that right there in itself, Jasmine, is such a pertinent part, such a very huge and, uh, you know, I guess encouraging part of why we as human beings can stop, you know, getting caught up in the addiction. Like, I could relate to this with alcohol. I won't go too far into it because I know I'll be interviewing uh, someone on the alcohol uh, side of addiction uh, soon in my podcast show. But I know for me, it wasn't a case that I was a drunk or I even drunk too much alcohol in one sitting. It was more a case that I was doing it every day. And I think it's like masturbation. If you're doing this every day and then porn, porn becomes the, the next part. And you say that this doesn't actually happen overnight. Like, in other words, a person doesn't get addicted to masturbation and porn by doing it once. Uh, can you talk us through this? Like, obviously, it's a little bit of a accumulation. So basically, any type of addiction, it does not happen overnight. So what that means, it stems to the childhood years. So if a child came from a family, whether the mother or the father had their own traumas, but they got married, they never resolved their traumas, then they have, then the... Some therapists, they call it like passing that generation traumas onto the child because the child, when they enter this world, they are under the caretakers of their parents. So whatever they're seeing, hearing, 
viewing, whatever instructions, this is going to be kind of a norm for them. But uh, the child doesn't know what's right or wrong. But as soon as they grow older, they will notice they are facing a lot of obstacles, not just like how to communicate with their parents, have issues with academic. They don't know how to make friends. Uh, if they need to get a job, they may struggle finding a job. They may have health issues, finance problems, pretty much all life aspects. When you're an adult self, you need to master them in order to have a successful life. But when a person's in their adult self and they're facing all these struggles, they have to understand that all these issues starts within their household, which is from their parents. And then sometimes, I'm not saying everybody who has like a very traumatized family situations, not necessarily everyone will exactly develop an addiction. It just depends how traumatized or how much suffering they endured in their childhood where they didn't receive unconditional love, trust, support. So at some point in their life, depending what happened, maybe at some point they may feel very insecure, they feel very lonely, feel tired, low energy, or they may be in a relationship and it impacted their relationship. And maybe from there, they slowly develop their addiction or any type of addiction, but specifically no flap, this is part of what happens as the factors accumulate over time. So it's not just a sexual release of, uh, you know, person getting aroused and wanting to, to get their rocks off, so to speak, but it's really more about fulfilling a, a, a deep inner need and it stems from the, the, the background of perhaps childhood. Perhaps you can walk us a little bit through this because I, I know that uh, you mentioned to me that you grew up without a mother and obviously you know especially with the the spiritual coaching and healing we call that the the mother wound uh, so tell us what happened uh, obviously uh, where is your mother like what actually happened with your mother so basically I came from a dysfunctional family I have a biological father and mother but before I was born, my mother pretty much followed a script. So first, my mother was originally married to another man, and she had her own children. So I had like two half-sisters and one half-brother. And But then with her first husband, he had an affair. And through this affair, it impacted her so much because this was her first love. So eventually, they had a divorce. So my mother tried to live her life, working or not. Eventually, she met my dad through his cousin. And so at that time, my mother really was not in the mood. She didn't exactly have strong love feelings that she originally had for her first husband. So she just followed the script like, okay, I found another guy. Maybe I can marry him. Maybe I can have family children with him but when she um was carrying me in her womb she did mention that she was eating the right things doing things but the thing is once i came out from her a womb 
she basically uh, threw me to my dad's family to take care of me because she pretty much wanted to live her life. And she basically just focused all her energy regarding her first marriage in regards to her first children. So whenever she is supposed to take care of me, breastfeed me, she didn't do those things. She just let my father's family to take care of me on those aspects. So my relationship with my mother right now is not a very uh, solid one uh, because she actually. So you do actually know your mother today. So you you actually know who she is, and, and that's how you obviously understand the story. Yes, and part of how I understand a little bit more that she pretty much was following a script is because I saw a, like a spiritual intuitive counselor because I had some issues and uh, those issues need to be resolved by diving in through my background in regarding to my parents. So if you start with the, 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 the womb of the mother, you understand more, you will gain more clarity about your purpose in this world. And that's going to help you to overcome obstacles in the future. Wow. Yeah, I can see how all that sort of comes together. And the mother wound, you know, I mean, they even say that a lot of uh, men, uh, when they tend to be, uh, you know, like when they're unfaithful, when they run off with other women or they tend to, to, to move in that direction where one's not good enough, I mean, obviously when two people are married, if one person goes away and marries or finds somebody else, there must have been a problem in that relationship to begin with. So I, I have this real philosophy that, you know, nobody ever leaves for no apparent reason. But then when you study psychology, and I know you have studied, um, and you, you know, that's where you start from as a psychologist, a lot of the men, if they had mother issues, they seem to have this longing for women more so. And it's interesting how that plays out. So, you know, obviously, you know, you had to grow up. So were you actually, because you come from the Muslim community, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So obviously there's a lot of beliefs and values around the Muslim community and would it be fair to say that a lot of the time, I don't know whether this is true or not, but if the man and the woman break up, the, the men mostly do have the children. Is that right? It depends on the scenario. Obviously, if the father is being abusive, then he doesn't have the right to take care of the children. So each um, spouses, the situation, it just varies. Sure. I mean, and that's, you know, just the way of the world really, isn't it? So it doesn't, it doesn't really change. So really your situation um, is, you know, that, that you grew up without your own biological mother. And I guess, you know, when did you discover, because you are a former addict of NoFap, and you had also addictions to pornography as well. So, you know, it's really interesting that women, 
Is it is it really common that women also get caught up in pornography? Yes, there are women who are into uh, pornography and masturbation. But from my experience, it, it seems like women from the stigma, they don't really advocate or open up. So they mostly like to keep it to themselves and only mention it if they really need the help. You only mention it to their coach or to their counselor about it. Otherwise, is most of the time is mainly the men. The men are way open about it, unlike the women. Yeah, so they're they're harboring a, like a dark secret, and you know, like the the Bible even says, you know, um, bring it out into the light, and the truth will set you free. So. I'm really, really impressed that that you are able to to really uh, be an ambassador of this and show that um, this is something that you've been through. When did you discover that you were an addict to masturbation and pornography? The way I developed my addiction is because I was looking for a, a husband and I was in contact with a potential hus husband I thought I would marry to. So I got to know him for about one or two years. But it came to the point where he actually wanted to break off to not to know each other anymore, but he wouldn't give me the reason why. And so that kind of pushed me and felt like, okay, insecure. I'm like feeling insecure. I trusted him. I felt betrayed. So when all these negative emotions was consuming me, uh, eventually I felt the natural erosion. And I just, from there, I, de I developed my addiction. And the way it occurred, basically I was doing it every single day. Somehow I managed to abstain for like 14 days but then eventually I found a program and that helped me to stay away from my addiction for at least once a month when I found that I was abstaining for at least once a month I noticed it has to do with stress and it came to a point where I tried to do energy healing modality which is Reiki and so I gave Reiki a try and I noticed Reiki literally helped me. So for me, I regularly do Reiki at least once a month or whenever I need to if there's some special occasions occurring. Mm, that's amazing. So, so that's really interesting to know. So obviously arousal is going to be what is the first trigger for people and you know uh i i really do feel that it's it's quite quite normal to a uh, a certain extent you know masturbation is normal and i guess when is it not normal that would be my question so uh would it be fair to say that it's not normal when it has power over you and you're doing it every single day 
it's not normal when you are in a relationship with someone and perhaps you can talk us through this because uh, that leads me to saying that one of the things that you did state to me when we were having a pre-discussion is that there's a lot of guilt around this even when you know we might say it's more acceptable in the male but when the male is married and he chooses pornography and masturbation over his wife, what happens then? Basically, if the husband is not using his male instincts, his innate that God gave it to him, he is turning his attention somewhere else. Obviously, his wife is going to feel hurt, feel betrayed, insecure, and she's going to think about what's wrong with me what am I doing? Am I doing anything wrong in the relationship? So this will cause a huge problem, a huge gap between the two couples. And so uh, if it comes to this point, they have to be supportive to one another that if the wife finds out or the partner, girlfriend, whoever it could be, finds out like her man is into the no flop addiction, she can try to talk to him nicely and try to be there as a support. But the only way the relationship can be safe if both partners are working together in order to transform the relationship to be successful again. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point, actually, because if all of a sudden, I, I figured, I mean, not that I paid a lot of attention to this uh, particular subject, but in my mind, I, I guessed that maybe if I was thinking about it, men who masturbated, I didn't think or I didn't know that it actually impacted their sex life with their partner. Um, and, you know, does that mean that if that's the case, that the man may uh, end up abstaining from his wife because he's so busy masturbating, so to speak, and doing porn? Is that what, is that the sort of the general uh, path that it leads to? Yeah, so if a male, he is constantly doing his no-flop addiction, um, he may not think of his wife as his wife anymore, maybe just an object, or maybe he lost all pleasure with her. So that can be an issue. But if he wants to abstain from his addiction, he has to change his attention, his mindset that, okay, this no-flip addiction is really causing a really problem and negative impact in my relationship. And I actually do love my partner. Um, so I'm going to try to put all my effort to change my subconscious mind, to think differently and maybe renew my attention while I'm with my partner and try to do everything with her to ensure the relationship is maintained, stable, and they can have like a future family if they would like to. Mm, yeah. And there must be like, I guess when, because you're as a psychologist, you use two specific powerful ways to help the person transition 
from the addiction uh, over to the life of freedom. And the first one is the, the logical part, which is really looking at their habits, uh, how they're conducting themselves in their life and and the and the format and principles that you know are I guess tactful and very practical. And then on the other side, you've got the spiritual element that is like almost like going into the spiritual counseling and being able to be guided by intuition about what maybe had been the the cause and what they also require to heal because I know very very much so that when people get caught up in something that takes over their life, and in this case it's taking over their relationship or it's taking over their, as you say, the quality of their brain and the way their brain works because they're dominated by this dark secret that's going on in the back of their brain. And yet when they set themselves free and they can really just allow themselves to live a really, really, uh, really good life that is healthier and better. Tell us about what you do, like what you've experienced yourself and also what your practice is around the spiritual side and what that means to have a, a spiritual encounter so that you can go deep with that client. And, yeah, tell us about your own experience. So basically, in regards to spiritual, on how to overcome no-flop addiction, it all starts with you. The healing starts within you. My favorite book is called You Can Kill Your Life, written by Louis L. Hay. In her book, she emphasized a lot that you need to change your subconscious mind because we use 95% of our subconscious mind every single day. And again, it leads back to our childhood years, like from the family we grew up with or the caregivers, whoever may be. So whatever occurred in your childhood years that is basically your paradigm like your belief system that occurred around you but you can also change it and so when you start healing yourself you need to acknowledge that you need to let go and let god you can have any type of religion but you need to believe that only god or higher power can help you to overcome your addiction once you acknowledge that, then you need to take the steps that goes over the physical aspects, the mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects. So for me, when I used to do my no-flop addiction, Reiki was the big one that helped me to reduce a lot of stress and it motivated me and encouraged me to continue doing every time because I am basically um, an energy-sensitive person person so i immediately knew that i need some type of energy cleansing so i went to a massage center i gave reiki a try so from since then i've been doing sessions with each client and i will recommend them to use any type of energy healing mentality that goes over the seven main chakras in their aura because this will help them 
they gain more clarity, understanding of their inner self. Once they have better understand who they are, then they can structure their own schedule, have a purpose in life, and focus on their goals and how to obtain them in order to have a successful future by uh, mastering their long-term society. That is amazing. And guys, can I just ask you to subscribe? Uh, make sure you share this with a friend or if there's someone out there that you know that could be dealing with this problem in silence, uh, we will put the links below so you can be in touch with Jasmine because she is definitely the expert to heal you. That's amazing. So now, um, obviously, in is is there obviously no fat communities? So that's uh, the support of you know where you can be amongst like-minded people. Do you feel that that helps to be in a no fat community? Yeah. So there are different types of no fat community. But if you Google it, NoFlap Movement, they have their own Pacific website. But like I mentioned in the beginning, some coaches, they don't really apply all their principles. I'll give you one example. Basically, the NoFlap Movement, they believe that you should challenge yourself for three months, which is 90 days to abstain from your addiction. And among them, they think that it's okay to go back to it. But for me personally, and among other coaches who really specialize in addiction, it's really best to abstain from your addiction completely because you have triggers. So let's say a person has been sober for 20 years. The way they master their 20 years to priority is basically they lived a lifestyle where they use basically self-healing techniques. What I mean by self-healing techniques, they do meditation, mindfulness, they may do Reiki, emotion freedom technique, other different healing mentalities that help to continue path on a straight path to stay away from the addiction and to have a very meaningful and happy lifestyle. Of course, there'll be ups and downs in life. This is pretty much how life works, but you will be very strong. You will very have a positive, optimistic mindset that whenever you encounter any negative uh, events, you'll be like standing firm on your ground. You will take your time and you will understand what is the best way to approach the situation. Wow, that's great. Do you feel too that you mentioned if someone goes 20 years without a drink, um, and I, I'm not sure and I'm not so sure how I feel about, you know, if someone like I enjoy, for example, drinking and I'm sure uh, masturbation and, and obviously we've all been there so we can confess and say yes, it, it's, it's a pleasurable thing that goes on. But do you feel that um, just because 
you go into a space where you say, I want to lead a healthy life. I don't want to compromise my relationship. I don't want to compromise uh, my life, my neurons of my brain, and I want to stay in control. Do you believe that it's okay for a person uh, that can perhaps do that more in a more controlled way? Do you see that as something that you would advocate? I wouldn't advocate anybody to go back to their addiction. I would totally understand because I, I, I encountered some clients. They told me they are staying from their no-flop addiction for two years. But something happened that made them go back to it. So I will understand if they met their trigger or something occurred that influenced go back to it. But I think from that point, you should renew your attention and put a lot of effort on yourself to avoid it happening. Because I kind of stick with the group that whatever addiction you're addicted to, it literally just changes your mindset. And even though you may uh, abstain from your sobriety for many years, and it's less likely you will go back to it, but it's best to stay on track. Um, this is pretty much what I mainly focus on. I don't really advocate anybody go back to their addiction. Yeah, I guess the the word going back, and this this may be uh, present as a bit of a challenge, but I'm 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 very happy to go into this conversation, and that is when you think about going back to something, you think about it as a almost permanent, like it almost feels like, you know, like the person who perhaps is mastering their body, they want to have a great body. And so they're, you know, obviously wanting to um, look and be a certain way. And then all of a sudden they go and stuff up and they go and uh, eat cake and they do all this and they have a really bad day. So it's almost like I, what I see from people that are on diets and fads they go from that you know being really good to I stuffed up and now I've gone back so they keep on going back where what if we could reframe it so that you know if a person did return um, so for example with alcohol right now alcohol is is obviously what I've mentioned before about myself uh, what about if a you know a person went from okay drinking every single day to only drinking when they are in company uh, on occasions and then it becomes more of a, a controlled situation or maybe there is uh, this element that I could persuade you Jasmine to consider and that is that it may be a, a bit of a reframe too for people if you do find yourself going back to that addiction that you felt what if you weren't going back what if it was just a case that you indulged in it but this is the first day for the rest of your life so even though you indulged in it going forward keep correcting yourself keep course correcting do you know what I mean like every day is a new day not to say that we would let that become something where they would slip back into the everyday addiction saying that every day is a new day like I said but where they can 
they can hit the refresh button and say, well, okay, I did that, but that doesn't mean to say I'm going to backslide. Do you think that can exist? Um, I want to say yes, it can exist, but it really depends on what coach you're asking about because I can tell you there are evidence on both sides and some people, expert, they may agree to one point or another point. But for me, I just think that it's best to abstain from your addiction completely, just to enjoy your life. I mean, like, what's the point of not exactly going back to it, but like you fall into it because you know the feelings when you uh, you're into your relapse. So why do you want to feel that again? Like, mm. is it going to bring you more happiness? Is it going to make you feel bad about yourself? I just feel that if somebody had their relapse or they act out, I think it's only is the best time for them to reevaluate their current lifestyle, what influenced them to do it. So if they feel like any negative events occurred, mainly stress is the big one. So you should try to understand what can you do to reduce that stress levels and to avoid happening in the future. Mm, yeah, that makes that does make a lot of sense. So I do have another question here for you. And I, I guess I ask on behalf of the guys. So guys, obviously have ejaculation that is required to be released. What happens to a man who doesn't have a partner and needs to have that release? I think that was a good question. <laughs> so what happens for them? Do you have like what, what's generally the, I guess, the side on the medical and the, uh, the coaching side? It's for like semen retention? Yes. So... I encountered some men they asked me about it. I'm not like a medical doctor, but I think you should schedule one. But I will highly recommend to see a holistic alternative medicine doctor because they can go down to the root of the problem. Um, and from my own personal experience, when you see a, a holistic alternative medical doctor, it's best to see them for like physical health to make sure everything's fine. But when it comes to talking about your emotions, your thoughts, your feelings, uh, your mental state, I think it's best to find a counselor or a coach who specializes in no-flap addiction. Mm, okay. I know it's a bit tricky, isn't it, with that, with that one because, I mean, we're not men, obviously, so we don't know what that build-up feels like. Um, but I, what I, I'm really putting together here is that the NoFap is really based upon the very unhealthy methodology that creates a lot of guilt and also really affects people's lifestyle and even more, um, I guess, serious, affects relationships. So, you know, what I've gathered here from, you know, what Jasmine has brought is that 
if you are in a relationship and if you are caught up in this, rather than leaving your partner feeling like there is something wrong with them, because, I mean, how, if that's the case and men stop uh, having sex with their wives, their wives are going to start thinking, well, what's wrong with me, right? And rather than have that and ending up in a very uh, negative situation, um, would you recommend to go to her and sit down and talk to her about it? Uh, yes, I do recommend them to talk to their partner in order to support them in their journey to make sure the both are basically healthy because in order to have a successful relationship whether it's marriage or not um it has to start with your physical so again it's kind of similar to the no flap on how to overcome your addiction or addiction in general the physical mental emotional or spiritual aspects is really crucial because that's going to help you to attract the people who deserve to be in your life and they can be a huge support with you in the future. Mm, so don't suffer in silence, guys. Do something about it. And girls, girls and guys. And can I say, do you work with both men and women, Jasmine? Yes, I do. But to be honest, most ladies, they reach out to me than the men. <laughs> Yeah, no, I can understand that. Although, you know, when you're, you know, really experienced and qualified and you are able to help people, I even know as a clinical hypnotherapist that um, if a man has got something that's really paining his life, um, regardless of how embarrassing it may seem, they will get the right help. So, do not hesitate to reach out. And, you know, for the ladies and the men who want to come into a program, what does it look like? Can we um, perhaps look at uh, what the specific steps are that they go through um, whilst we actually are giving out some beautiful, powerful, juicy pieces of information? Can we close down with perhaps some powerful steps, both spiritual and logical, that can really help people? And, you know, just uh, without going into any order, because we know you've got a few programs and you really do help uh, people to to master this uh, through what they are comfortable with. And I guess it's fair to say that a lot of it is one-on-one, -on -one, so it's very private, very personal. But can you go through some of the, you know, very powerful steps to help them cure themselves as they release this addiction? So if a person wants to do techniques by themselves without a coach, they can start off with meditation. So neuroscientists said that if you continue practicing meditation every single day, that's totally going to impact your mind, body, spirit to make you feel grounded and centered and understand more about yourself. You can also do the same thing with mindfulness. So the difference between meditation and mindfulness is mindfulness is being aware of your surroundings and especially how you feel about yourself because when you're meditating you're breathing in and out slowly and when you're being mindful you're being mindful of your breathing 
and you're trying to understand where's the tension, where's the stress going on in your body. So this is pretty much what you can do as two examples, meditation and mindfulness. Another thing you can do is journaling. You can journal every single day. When you journal, it's similar to cognitive behavioral therapy. You can do it on yourself. But if you have any complex issues and you really are struggling, you don't know what techniques may be suitable for you, it is best to reach out to a addiction recovery coach, uh, particularly if you suffer a no-flop addiction, you can always reach out to me and I'm really be happy and glad to help you out. Wow, that's amazing. So you've heard it now, guys, you know what to do. Don't suffer in silence because these dark secret addictions are sometimes the one that really creep up. And I think the biggest thing about it is that sometimes you don't know. You don't know that it's getting, you know, slowly, slowly, it's like there's lamb going to the slaughter. So let's take back control. Let's release the need to, you know, turn to addiction for some of the things that have probably come up for you from childhood because, you know, I know we believe and I know Jasmine believes too that everything that we are doing today, a lot of the things, especially when it comes to the masculine and feminine, comes from our inner child and our DNA. So it's a case of getting that right person who can go really deep with you, who can also understand your journey and help you to feel that it's actually okay. You're not alone in this. You don't have to be ashamed or embarrassed, but you know, you are called to live your legacy life. So Jasmine, have you got any last words that you would like to say to our audience uh, before we close? Uh, please kindly uh, check out my social links uh, to know more about myself. And you felt from this podcast, I totally resonate with you. Please do not hesitate to reach out to me. My door is always open for you. Well, you heard that, guys. So men and women, reach out to Jasmine, get your life back on track create the relationships and the life and the legacy of your dreams and take control today. Thank you so much, Jasmine. And no problem. Thank you. Okay, so would you like to know how to take the next step? The next step is you may want to bring your legacy onto my show. And by the way, if you haven't subscribed to my show, make sure you do and tell it to your friends because we are always bringing some ingenious content every single week. But if you are ready to go really, really deep with your zone of genius, you can contact me so we can absolutely go through all of those teachings and trainings and high energy frequencies and put you right here on the red carpet where you can really expound your most powerful message. So how can you do that? You can reach me by my website or find the link in this chat. You can also go to my bio on social media 
and you will find me and you can even find the podcast launching pad in my bio to click in to an appointment so you can come on this show and you will get all backstage grooming you will get backstage you'll be in a vortex where we will actually harness you in creating your message and your magic and your zone of genius and taking you through this beautiful formula and launching your service your legacy on this show and everybody watching is going to know everybody listening should i say is going to know that you are getting the best of the best in their field so keep watching keep sharing keep playing and remember if you are looking for a powerful transformation to live your legacy life I am just a click away. So go ahead and click in and I look forward to seeing you on the next program. See you soon.